0: show going. Let's get started.
1: <laughs> so, I'm so excited to be here today with Lori that can give us some insights on supporting um, a very unique and exceptional community that we have all around us that we might not even be aware My name is Tina Alexa and I'm with Your Backup Plan, a new app that helps you put your information in one place. Now, I have interviews every Tuesdays and live videos every Thursday, but I would like to say that this is a very special interview that we have today with a very special group in our community that we sometimes forget. And I'd like to introduce you to Laurie, that has a very special um, information to give us, as well as some support for families um, that you know are all around us, every every ages, um, every types of diversity, and it's a very special special podcast today. So, in due Lori. Maybe you can start telling us and our listeners, and thank you listeners for listening to our podcast show today. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself today.
0: For sure. First of all, thank you, Tina, for inviting me into this conversation. Uh, It is something that people in my community don't always get invited into. And I was really excited to be able to be a part of this. Um, You know, it's such a great I've been in the conversation myself in my life of how to create a backup plan, how to make sure I'm financially um, taken care of, how to make sure my future is taken care of, I have a will, you know, all those things. Uh, When you add in the conversation of people in our community, like you said, that have very diverse needs. Whether we're talking about people with um, intellectual diversity, or we're talking about people with um, physical diversity, or you know, we've even talked a bit in the preamble about uh, you know people that maybe get sick and aren't able to take care of themselves, um, I have this very great, unique perspective because I am so lucky to be the mother of an amazing young woman who shines her light with Down syndrome in this world. So I am excited to be in this conversation from that perspective and what it means to have to think uniquely about her future from the time she was born almost instantaneously knowing that how the rest of the world did this, we might have to work a little harder. So I'm really excited to bring that perspective to this show and this conversation for you.
1: And especially how things have changed over those 20 years. A lot has changed in our community. Uh,
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like we were talking earlier, and I'm just going to bring this right away. Even in the languaging, you know, we were talking about Um, how challenging it is to know the right way to have conversation about people who we consider different. And I, Sydney and I, my daughter and I actually co-founded an organization called See Uniqueness, which you can see all our signs back here. Um, And it's just for that reason, how to be in the conversation of the difference in all of us, and celebrating its uniqueness. So even the languaging, like you said, over 20 years has changed. Sydney was in school for, gosh, like a really, really long time out of her life, like 16 years, I think. And even within the schools, how many times the program name changed, (laughs) right? There was special needs, then there was diversity, and there was, um, oh my gosh, like easily every other year, because we on a different way to label something. Um, so that's a fun conversation to have and how this affects the financial future of the people in our communities that have disability of some kind or like I like to call it, exceptionalities.
1: Yes. And a lot of times they are ex- exceptionalities.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think in, yeah, in every way when somebody in your space in your family in your community um, is different we get this this opportunity to look for the exceptional way that we could experience life through their eyes Mm -hmm. Um, with Sydney I talk about this often the biggest you know most fun thing is that man she brings joy to a whole new level and that's because she's very present. She's, she's very present to her experience. Um, and she often will challenge me <laughs> because oh. I'm telling you, it's one of the things I talk about often. Joy can be uncomfortable because when you're wanting to be in, you're like, poor me, my day was rough, like drama, you know, and your person is so happy all the time. You're like, oh, this is so uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> exactly. How can you always be like that
0: That's yeah <laughs> it's true and and truthfully I mean she's not there are times when she's very typical like we have very typical mother-daughter experiences and she's like her favorite thing lately is to fire me <laughs> like straight up I think I've been fired like five times in the last two weeks because <laughs> and it's not I'm just not doing it right like you're fired you just fired. Were you fired during COVID too? Not during COVID, interestingly <laughs> enough. But um, you know, the last little while as I try to navigate life like more out in the world again. She's like, You're fired. <laughs> like the other day. Asked to be fired, right? I just it would be nice, right? I'll just thanks, I'll take a package. I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, it's so great, right? She's like, no, you did not make me that the way I wanted. You're fired. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. During COVID, actually, it's good that you brought that up. Um, you know, we had a, a very unique experience during COVID, and I do think it really fits in the conversation of your backup plan. Because um, many, many people in our community that have, you um, you know, people who have diverse needs, one of the things that's usually quite common is health issues. You know, um, Sydney has not the best immunity. When she was three, she had leukemia. She, you know, so we manage differently. I have friends who have um, children, a child with Down syndrome, and they still are in their home. I mean, they go out to do things, but they're not in the community like they were because they, their daughter has a heart condition. They're not um, um, in, the, in the... Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're not interacting. And uh, so one of the things that we knew right away when COVID hit was we were, as a family, going to have to navigate healthcare differently, finances differently, and um, our support differently. Right. So I'm gonna talk a bit about our experience and then just kind of extrapolate some of the things that have happened in, in the world of people with uh, diverse needs, right? People who are languaged in our community with disability or uh, in Alberta, I'm in Alberta, we have H and we have um, PDD, persons with developmental disabilities. Those are like financial and community supports that we use. So our situation was, um, one of the things that we know is that because of how people view people with difference in our world, um, if our healthcare became overrun, if our hospitals became overrun, um, we knew two things could happen. We knew that Sydney, if she got sick, we may not be able to be with her. Right which would be absolutely devastating because she does not have communicative language. Um, The other thing we knew is that when medical systems become overrun, there's actually this thing that comes into play, which is called ethics. And when you have to decide you have 10 ventilators and you have 15 people who need them, you have to decide who gets the ventilator. And in our world, in our current way, we decide those ethics, Sydney would not be the, the choice. We, we knew that and we actually received documentation from one of our, uh, uh, like our Alberta Health places. There was an actual documentation that in H1N1 and SARS, people who live in the world with disability are not chosen always.
1: So an older person would not also not be chosen
0: right right so when it's it's a thing that comes into play and people don't like talking about it but it's the truth that when a system's overrun and your typical ethics are applied then you have to adjust your ethics and one of the things we know and inherently everybody knows this and understands this because we've all seen it when we see somebody um I'm just going to use Sydney intellectually different. She has down syndrome. Our natural response as a mass consciousness is that they're less valuable in our society. Mm-hmm. That, that's that, like, that is how the mask thinks. Not how everybody thinks. Please don't think that I, I mean, everybody thinks that it's just, that's how it's done. Yeah. And there's so many ethical conversations that go on around um, whether or not to provide healthcare, in our world we see that all the time our current uh world society and canadian society actually reports uh iceland reports a 100 percent success rate in eliminating down syndrome births and canada canada has like a 60 i think it's 67 or something success rate um and that's a whole other story it's just about you know testing and, and what they do. And it's because as a whole, we haven't had conversations like the one we're having about the incredible value that every human has in our world. Right? right? So COVID was this place where we instantly knew that we had to apply mass conscious logic. <laughs> right? So,
1: around every day. Every day. Every
0: day. Every day yeah.
1: From morning till night.
0: Yeah. And this is what happened for us. So um, Sydney's father, who we are divorced, and we have an incredible family that we we manage so beautifully, him and me and Sydney. Um, We don't live together. We knew that our support team would not be able to work with Sydney. And we had daily support with her, which means she could go out in the community. She had a job. She exited, she like took yoga. She was practicing to be a yoga teacher. She's a speaker. We do all these things that instantly got taken away right. with COVID. So we, right out, just right out. And then on top of it, because of her health management, we also had to really apply that, right? Like, so we did this thing where Sydney's dad continued to work and I stayed home with Sydney. So for 60, 60 nights, 60 days, it was us. And he would go and get our groceries and he'd bring them to the door. We had, you know, friends that would sit on the, across the driveway from me, Um, but Sydney, Sydney didn't see her friends and he didn't see her family she didn't hug her dad for like 50 days um the mental well-being just plummeted right Uh, and And we have and pardon
1: they don't understand we hardly Mm -hmm. understand the whole issues around
0: exactly and her anxiety increased exponentially um and we have like a great family support you know Uh, We did a ton of FaceTime. We did a lot of videos. We um, her wonderful, um, you know, support helper with video and reader stories, you you know, just yeah, we, we, like we set up amazing things. We're a lucky family in the sense that Cindy's dad could afford to do that, take care of us. And and I could afford not, not to work because he was taking care of us. We honestly saw in our community, adults seriously, seriously struggle because all of their financial supports are taken all, well, not taken, but well, here's what, right? Here's what, what happened for many people in our community is that their um, supports, their support workers, their mental well-being supports, their um, health supports, their um, oh. people... Health, sport, everything, got closed down. Um, Everything got more expensive. They weren't able to. Most of people in our community don't drive. Yeah, they weren't able to go and access. Like like Sydney, she's dependent, so she lives at home. But lots of our uh, people in our adult community with diversity live independently, but have supports that help them. Right. And then what we saw is even though they were like one of the most vulnerable communities identified in the COVID outbreak um, just like our seniors who had higher risks or people with compromised immune system everyone agreed compromised immune system you're you're right uh, they were not financially taken care of so you know we saw things like university students receiving you know two thousand dollars a month in case they c- might've had a job and now they're being taken care of. And then we see, you know, adults in our community who only receive $1,500 a month to anyways, take care of themselves, not receive any benefit. Uh, So the extra financial benefit that came forward for people in our community so far was $500 in total. Wow. And I know that didn't cover the extra cost of groceries. You know their budgets are already like totally, t- t- uh. and so then you see a rise in a lot of other things. So COVID has been this like really interesting conversation in in our community. I'm glad that I get to talk about it. Yeah. You know,
1: seniors are kind of in the same.
0: Oh. Absolutely, absolutely, we see that observations of
1: abilities as well. So, yeah. Um, Some are active in the community and others aren't, so it hit everybody differently um, during this time, and especially even now because we still don't know. I mean, we're all going back to school in this month coming up now, but are we really sure what's going to occur? I don't know. So I guess you're always your height, your ability is always heightened, I guess, so to speak, right? right? you're always on the alert of how you're going to have
0: to readjust what sydney's day looks like yeah exactly that's exactly what's happening and you know we're we're excited right now because we were able to bring her her wonderful support team back um and one that we are having to adjust because our needs are different now right um, she's not going to be going to work. She's not going to be going to school while well, she's graduated. Oh, you can hear her. <laughs> she just got home. Um, she's not going... <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear her. I can hear her in my ears, but, Um You know, she's not, she's not going to be able to go to the library. She's not going to be able to go swimming. She's not going to be able to do those things, right? Right. So we, we have to look at that differently, for sure. Interaction and she still needs the same yeah. exercise, and she still needs, yeah, uh, yeah, like just like any other person, right? You need to be able to um, uh, manage all of that properly,
1: right? So, what would it be like? Yeah. For, uh, See you later. For, uh,
0: Um, I'm just gonna wait a sec. She's just like, she's happy to be home. (laughs) She's totally happy to be home. We maybe should have paused for a minute. Okay, can you re-ask that question? So, if she wasn't 22
1: as she is now, if she was 10 or 5, how would that situation have changed? I mean, they would even have less ability to. in the situation why do you yeah. not have things on mm-hmm. why can't i talk with my friend why can't i see my worker why why
0: why yeah, yeah. you know exactly you hit it ex- exactly right in um yeah. it's a very interesting way of life in the sense yeah. um cindy definitely experienced this and there's a lot of research on this for uh different types of intellectual diversity and definitely for Sydney experiences, this time doesn't make sense to her. So right. She can be right here with us today. And we're in this great conversation. And then she's remembering something from like five months ago or five years ago. And it's right, right there. So to be able to say to her, you know, honey, we have to just stay in for a month because all this stuff's going on makes zero sense to her. Uh, so for us that's an extra big challenge um, you know Sydney has a friend who is 20 who also has Down syndrome she's incredibly um, active in conversations in our community she actually runs one of our ICU monthly interviews she inter- has a her show is called dreaming into uniqueness um, so she does interviews for us so for her it was very different even than for Sydney Because Sydney um, isn't active that way. It's, It's much, I'm just trying to say this right. Like, you know what? It was easier to stay in for those 60 days. It started, I think, week like five. She started to not understand where's my dad. And when he does drop, why is he dropping off groceries and I can't hug him? right she didn't understand that and then it all showed up in in behaviors and anxiety but in the beginning it was easier because it was like yeah oh, it's fine we're just hanging out she was happy to be at home <laughs> uh, right and then you know someone like her her friend i'm talking about it was really difficult for her in the beginning I and mean, she's very active in the community and has friends and out doing different things and all of that gets shut down yeah. and something i think that happens for all are people um you know they've experienced throughout their life by the time you're an adult with an intellectually diverse background you have been isolated abandoned punished pushed out left alone not included so much that you have had to fight for every space that you are included So then when somebody like something like COVID hits and you're forced Mm -hmm. to not interact in the same way, there's a lot of trigger and a lot of pain in that for people. Emphasized. Mm -hmm. Very much. Yeah. So, you know, the average person experienced it really extremely what isolation and abandonment felt like, right? We did. We were like, oh my gosh, this is... um, And then I challenge people and I say, oh, you know, look around you. Because this community, like you said, you don't always see them. They've experienced this their whole lives. And their whole lives.
1: The feeling of not being able to hug someone and not being able to touch someone, like it's so hard for me because I'm a hugging person. And so not to be able to hug someone is like, just kill me, just kill me.
0: I can't live like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I'm definitely a hugger. Sydney's a hugger, although she's very discerning. She doesn't just hug anybody, right? Um, yeah. but but then honestly for those in our communities that have um, you know sensory issues and things like that, oh probably so happy not to have to manage the hugging issue. Right. Right, because there's many. <laughs> right? Let's give me my space. So happy. So they're probably like, uh, and then I think of things like this because I'm always in these conversations of the unique way that each of us see the world. I love when like such a big thing happens that then we get to look through the eyes of somebody else and have more kindness for them. Absolutely. Right. So for the people that, um, have been forced to interact socially in order to fit in and be accepted and be considered valuable in our society, they've been getting such a break, you know, and our world gets to now go, oh, I'm sorry that I've been forcing you to be something you're not in order for me to like you. Yeah. So that kind of stuff makes me happy, right? I'm like, oh, nice. Nice. You know, it
1: was definitely some good things that, you know, came out of all of this, some bad, good, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. What, what kind of things, when we started talking about your backup plan and having a plan and thinking about Sydney and what's going to be best for her, what kinds of things were your roadblocks or what kind of obstacles did you come across?
0: Um, such a great question and I have a few that I'll talk about that are very like I think very uh, identifiable for for families Um, right away like I said right away when Sydney was born you know her dad and I identified within our own personalities what was going to be our thing Um, I'm the connector I'm the people person I'm the uh, I'm the one that creates the the family and the friends and the this in our in our family and he's the linear thinker and the financial planner and the one that's like oh we got to plan for our future so right away both of us identified within ourselves oh this isn't going to look the same mm-hmm. we're gonna have to work really hard right um So for him, I think his space really quickly was, I'm going to have to create a financial future for her that lasts after I'm gone. Right. And he identified that really early in her life. I did not. I honestly, I did not. That came later for me. I was focused on um, what it means to fit in, what it means to be loved, what it means to be accepted. Right. Right. Right.
1: but also see as a mom, because okay, the mom and dad think differently, and the male and the female think differently, mm-hmm. and the the type of person you are whether you think logically or emotionally is also different. Um, but my I guess the hard question for me is the first thing as a mom that you would draw get drawn to and try to figure out for yourself is well who's going to look after her as well as I do (laughs) to make sure she feels those things and she's emotionally stable and that she's caring and loving and kind and you know like we just think strangely outside the box whereas the other person's thinking okay how much money do I need from now till she's 20 And then how much money do I need after and then when I'm gone?
0: Right. So beautiful. Like, honestly, just, and I'm so grateful that um, her dad and I are still always in conversation, even though, you know, our family looks different now. Um, But it is really beautiful. And uh, like you identified, yeah. And like you identified, it also depends on how you see the world. And, you know, um, there's moms that, see very linear. There's dads that see very like flowing. And definitely for me, I know that the things I had the most concern about was her well-being, like you said. Who's gonna love her like I do? And honestly, looking, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself. And looking back, I was coming from that awareness that in our society, difference is considered wrong. And in that wrongness comes isolation and punishment and abandonment and harm, harm. Like, like, and it's because I knew that that's how I had lived in the world and seen in the world. And I had never known how to be with somebody that was considered disabled or handicapped then, or however we language that I wasn't, I didn't know how to, I didn't choose it in my mind right i didn't i didn't choose this i i didn't go to school to learn how to do this and so then what happened to me is i also had to then deal with my beliefs that had been created my entire life about what is acceptable and not acceptable i had to look at my own judgments i had to look at how i treated people and and it's a very real thing that happens like even, you know, I'm sure you've talked to people, if they get a certain illness, yeah. cancer, like yeah. anything, right? Then you look at your own, duh. Yeah. 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 So then my, um, my searching for Sydney in the first easily decade of her life, and also like I mentioned, she had leukemia when she was three. So a lot of extra. My searching always came from an underlying foundation of fear that she was not going to be accepted that she was not going to be valued and that's what i i saw exactly exactly she no one was going to love her and and that's what i saw and that honestly came because that's how i was trained to see people with difference um my worked hard to adjust all of that, you know, like when she was in treatment, um, I realized, oh, people love her the way she is. And I want to show people how to see the world the way she sees the world, which is very loving and accepting. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, so then my looking for caregivers, my looking for even in school, um, like her dad and I were very different. There's things in school called an, uh, individual learning plan he was always really good at making sure she got all the like things she needed and I would always say I just want to at the end of her day know that she feels loved and cared about <laughs> oh right How <laughs> we're both so different we were both very different but both valuable like so needed
1: I don't know it doesn't matter but I love where I am <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah, I think I, that's what I identified. He identified how do I make sure that she's taken care of financially because then he would have gone to that place of, because people in our society like Sydney are not valued. So who's going to take care of her financially if we're not here? Right. And that's reasonable. Like we just talked about with COVID, you know, our people that are supported with um, ACE or PDD did not receive extra even though they were the most vulnerable in that most vulnerable with our seniors yeah they did not receive extra financial support but everybody else had access to that and um, even it's not monetary support but just support
1: in general mm-hmm. not having the senior sit in their room right. alone for days on end yeah, yeah. Uh, with no visitors and not being able to get around their usual people that they were around for breakfast lunch and dinner or Mm -hmm. activities are taken away and like um it's it's been a
0: tough go and it sure is and you know when we started to open up our community one of the conversations that see uniqueness was having and you know we continue to have because we have I have a beautiful aunt who actually I talk about often on our uh, see uniqueness videos Cindy and I did over 50 see uniqueness videos from like March to June and um, we talk about my aunt Terry who lives in a seniors facility Um, so one of the things I really encourage people is whether you're okay with going from phase one to phase two or not or please remember that our seniors and our vulnerable populations are still still isolating. So um, though we feel as if we've been, you know, our rights and freedoms have been taken away. In the medical conversation of COVID, everyone still agrees that our most vulnerable people are our seniors and our people with immune compromised um, health yes but even though we agree that we don't put our resources our time our care towards that we just kind of go oh i have been like oh it's been hard for me and now i'm out in the world so you know i'm still encouraging people to um you know be in contact with the people in our uh seniors places like seniors that live at home seniors that live in uh like a a senior's facility right let's be let's be talking with them let's let's create things let's not forget right that they're still doing that thing or like i said this friend that i have who has a, a little one with a heart condition those people are still doing the thing to take care of their their people and their families and yeah trying to make things work through yeah trying to yeah trying to make things work i saw another uh, friend of ours looking for like we have now some support that comes into the home and now they have to look in a whole different way so the requirements were things like um you can't have a really big social life because we've been isolating for five months yeah um it's probably better if you don't have a family at home because that contaminates our space Um, so now even the, the process of finding eligible, loving care support becomes even more. Yes. Because you got off the game. You got to be like, okay, we don't talk to, we don't go out and go in groups and you can't either.
1: Right. Because you're telling them what they can do off your time off.
0: Mm-hmm. So that narrows, even narrows further our abilities to find loving people to you know, have that social space for, for people.
1: Yeah. Um, what, um, now with your backup plan, um, I mean, the usual kind of family, today we get to talk to, to you and your diverse family, as not only do you have Sydney at home, and she's 22 with different kind of abilities than say a five-year-old, yeah. Um, and so and needs as well yeah. they have needs Yeah. um but you're divorced so that brings a whole other game into this as well because if you had more children and um and sydney then that would also bring a different complement to the house too because you're bringing yeah. home and you're you're gonna have to isolate everybody yeah it is
0: so interesting, right? I, I I love that our family has so many different ways to be in the conversation of celebrating uniqueness, because we really do see uniqueness in all of us. So just, you know, to kind of put it in perspective for people, uh, Sydney yesterday was able to visit with her longtime friend. She is 22. Uh, Taylor is an ambassador of See Uniqueness. And They have known each other since grade six. Uh, Taylor uh, goes to university. She has a job. Her parents, uh, she's been staying at home with her parents during COVID. Uh, They're in that conversation like we had earlier of my adult child that lives at home right now, (laughs) right? She's supposed to be out doing life and being in university. So here we're having this conversation with Taylor about, you know, what she's doing and the job she has, and she's looking for an apartment and, um, you know, it's been fun living at home with her family, but they're all ready to kind of, you know, move back, <laughs> like back to this reasonable linear life unfolding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, Sydney, we're in the conversation of, oh yeah, we, um, uh, you know, we got this really amazing uh what we're calling carriage or chariot. It's an adult uh like jogger, you know, like people run marathons with with people. So that we can go out and be out in our community and go for a walk. You know, we're in those kind of conversations. We're in conversations about Sydney's um you know, her flexibility and her wellness and because we've been sitting around for so much. We're in conversations about um you know different things very very different things and then your
1: friend pardon how did she handle seeing her friend after so long
0: well i do have to tell you these are one of those places where she was like you're fired to me because i was so excited to see taylor (laughs) then i was like tell me all about your life and sydney was finally like okay you like it up She was very excited, like very, very excited because for her, she's in that place of like, why did they leave? Where'd they go? Why yeah. can't I see them? They, like, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, so yeah. And then managing it like how love, like love, we have a very unique family situation. like I said, we're divorced, but we were at Sydney's dad's house having a visit with Sydney's friend, all of us. Um, for us, that's just been how we've been able to figure it out and manage it. Um, I can't speak too much honestly to a different situations because I don't know uh, too many families that are divorced and have the same type of situation that I do. But I can tell you, I bet it would be very, very complicated. Yes, very complicated. And one of one of the issues I know you and I had talked about when we first connected was guardianship. Mm-hmm. So this gets really complicated. Um,
1: because you have Hi. about who would she be with, full mm-hmm. time, part time,
0: all mm-hmm. of that. All of that. So, in a regular divorce situation, we had to do that. We got separated since he was ten; she's twenty-two now. And um, but more impactful for me than even figuring that out through divorce was guardianship. So people don't understand this, but in our country. No matter your ability or, or diversity, when you turn 18, you're, you're legally able to take care of yourself and you're considered independent.
1: Right. Whether you are so, or not.
0: Whether you are or not. So then there's this process. And I was horrified to understand that I was going to have to, as a family, we were going to have to apply and prove that we should continue to take care of Sydney, um, for her financially and, um, like as like guardians, I was horrified at first. Like it's one of those things that, you know, in our community, I can talk about, I was like shocked out of my mind. I'm like, how is this even possible? We had to be like, like, like there's legal things and all this and to really work to understand that there's lots of people in our community who are not cared for properly. Right. So there's all these lovely things in place to make sure that no one's harmed. Um, but as a parent, you know, of a child who is going to be dependent her whole life, that one kicked me. Like, I was like, what do you mean? I have to prove that I'm her mom and I love her and I'm going to love her forever. Um, so that that process, like you know, we talked about the difference between me and her dad. Um, thank thank the Lord every day that he is who he is, and he just took that and managed it. Uh, and this is where
1: have that ability to have. I mean, thank goodness for that.
0: Thank goodness, seriously. Like it was so hard uh and you know what he tried on his own for a year to go through the process of the guardianship and the um you know cuz there's options in our world you can get a lawyer you can do it yourself most people can't afford a lawyer most people are, like not most people but many people are not in the financial situation as it is people with um diverse needs it's usually more expensive right right it's medical More complications, more things you got to do, more things, education, uh, social, medical, all of it, more expensive. Many people in our community are already looking for community supports for for stuff. And then you got to go through this guardianship process. Dean worked on it for a year. Wow. On his own trying to get all the paperwork, go to the right organizations, do the right things. There's you got to do this one first, and then this one first, and then this one first. And finally, he just said, I'm going to get a lawyer. I got to get a lawyer because it's too much. It's too much, right? Um, And so grateful that we had financial plan. He had a financial plan that allowed us to do that. so we were very lucky this one. We were very lucky. Our doctor was able to really help us fill out the paperwork in such a way that we never have to reapply because that's the other thing. Once you become guardian and financial guardian of somebody, you have to reapply. So that's good information for listeners. Very much. Yeah. Just it, like I said, these are the things that shocked me. I was like, what is happening? Uh, I remember people in our space actually starting to prepare me for this a few years before. So other, other families I would run into, they'd be like, Oh, have you started this process yet. And I was like, no. Um, Some of the schools we went to would be like, Oh, you know, you're like three years out from 18, you should start this process. So that's something that other families don't have to think about in their backup plan. Mm -hmm that it's gonna take you a year. So if you wait till they're 18, then it takes a year. That's a year where nobody is in charge of this individual legally. And what happens if you have a medical emergency? What happens if you have a financial emergency in your family? And they are considered responsible for their own care. Right. Like just the thought of that, just the thought, and it happens, right? Where yeah, what if you have a medical emergency and the doctors don't recognize that you're the guardian? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the voice. And the voice. And you have the right to say, no, she, no, you're not doing that procedure, or yes, do that procedure. What what happened? Like those kind of things kept me up at night.
1: And the other thing I think which we did talk about that I want listeners to pay more attention to is the guardianship, but also afterwards. So something that caused you to be debilitated Mm -hmm. in a car accident, say, or whatever, what do you want to have happen? Um, If one of you passes away, what do you want that to look like? And how can you create that space or that visualization that you want it to look like? How can you create it now so you're prepared in case of it? Because it goes back to my original videos all the time, and I say it every single podcast, be prepared for what might occur because you know something will and you know something will happen you just don't know what or when yeah I, I, I have that as my tag and my motto because that and and because your your family is so complex now it just you have the same questions as everybody else but you have the different solutions so we need to look at those solutions and I remember the first time when I spoke to you we talked about Well, if something did happen to you, Lori, what would you want that to look like? Who would you want Sydney to be with 100% seven days a week, 24 hours a day? And who would you want to be there as a friend or a person that they feel comfortable with? Because there's different people for different situations. And it's important not just to pick one person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's such a valuable conversation and it is one we're having in a different way now. Um, Because that's another fear that we have is what happens when we're gone? Yeah. What happens when we're, who's going to be taking care of her? Who's going to, you know, who's going to do that? And it's something that I really want to invite families in this situation move through your fear, find somebody, find somebody like Tina, find somebody like the backup plan, find the, the people that will help you move through your fears of avoiding it. Yeah. Because like happened to me a few years ago, I had a serious car accident and thank goodness we have like people in place and, and the family that we have, but it just solidifies this thing of, oh my gosh, what if Because. If you don't have all of that laid out and described and planned for, the situations that our individuals with diverse needs can end up in are very, very scary. Yes. Very scary. And we've seen this, like we started talking with COVID. We've seen this with COVID with our seniors. There are facilities around this country who did not value those beautiful souls in our community or our elders, and they are not being well taken care of. We see this all the time in our communities where, um, the wrong people are in charge of taking care of someone and they see someone like Sydney as being, um, less than and not valuable. So just really, I encourage and invite people to look for people like yourself and the places that can help you not only do the, um, This task is required. We need to apply for guardianship. We need to apply for financial planning for the future. We need to, like right now in the guardianship conversation, Dean recently talked to his lawyer and we are now actually even changing the languaging to say, yeah, just really to say that if something happens to to him, and I'm not there, that a family member or friend of the family is able to, and we desire them to apply for guardianship. Because it's, you just assume that that's gonna happen. But if you don't have that languaging in there, anyone can apply, or this the government, social services take over and decide.
1: That's right, and I wanted to bring that up because even any sort of family situation, if you don't have a will the government then steps in and decides that for you who are your children going to be with do you want to make that kind of choice yes i'm all about okay here's what we need to look at here are some possible solutions you just need to pick which
0: one suits you best i love that and you know Tina it also helps people manage through their fears because every parent has a fear that their child's not going to be taken care of we have an extra level of fear like we've been talking about because we know when it comes to the ethics of situations our family members are not considered as valuable as somebody else and i I want that not to be the reality and i'm working towards that but it is the reality right now right so I love that you have that perspective of here's what we need to look at, what works best for your family. Yeah, yeah. right. Like if we don't identify,
1: how can you reevaluate it over
0: the years too? Okay. Exactly, you have to reevaluate. Like obviously, when we were first divorced, it, we weren't in the I mean, it's not obvious, but we weren't in the like place we are now as a couple and a family, right? We're but- that part. Yeah, so his will was very specific, and my will was very specific, and we were antagonistic still, and we weren't okay, and now we're, we're different, and so we're reevaluating. Um, I think he even languaged in his, in his will and the financial stuff, because he has managed all of her financial planning. Um, I think he even languaged in family member, including mother-in-law. Like what a big thing to be in that place as a divorced couple to be like recognizing who in the other family might be the most appropriate to care for her. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you definitely, yeah, right. It's a big deal. You have to reevaluate as you go. And um, I'm happy to be in the place now of having a lot of logic around these sort of conversations you know my my fears show up and they guide me more now instead of owning me
1: right but it's just to find the solutions and i'm all about telling the stories and i think the the solution to have people listening today for this is that if we can make an impact for them to start because i know we're going to have another podcast uh, of so much more to say. But today, I think if I can make listeners listen, it's to get your will done. Think about guardianship. Think about who do you want your child to go with? Who do you want them to be with? of the time, who do you want them to have visitation? Who do you want them to do fun things with? Who do you want them to have special dates with? Like there's so many different types of people that you want to have Sydney with in their life. And I think everybody, every mom's the same. And we just want them to be happy and loved. And I think a trust, I, I know in British Columbia in Canada, I don't know what it's like in every province and every state, but to definitely research and look at a trust enables you to put your contents of your financial wealth, your properties, your assets, your investments into a trust, which will then enable Sydney to then have access to through a financial um, management through a system where you uh, someone manages it for her. But for just like anyone out there that have any diverse challenges in their family, they need to look at a trust because it's not based as assets. So what I talk about in the blog, and it's very important to think about these things, is not only who Sydney would be with, but if you don't have a trust set up, It enables Sydney to have income, it enables Sydney to have assets, and you don't want her to have that. If you want to have uh, her to be part of disability programs in the community, if you want her to have a disability pension or an income of sorts, if you want her to have access to some, maybe COVID had some sort of income or or you know, in each province and state and country, it's different. But if there's anything out there for her, she would not have access to if she was given income of wealth and assets if someone passed away. So it's really important that we set it up as a trust, because the trust is like an open box that you dump things into, you dump your property into, you dump your investments into, and then it's it's put the lid on it and then when 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 you're passed away then the lid opens up and a management a management team or a manager will manage that money for her and allow her to still have access to all the programs that are out there in your community and all the income streams or all the benefits tax-wise or whatever that looks like or the ability to live in a certain housing complex which she wouldn't normally be allowed to live in. So if you say you, you passed away, Sydney would be on her own, be given all of this money. Can you imagine given all of this money, probably a house to live in? Could you imagine what would happen if you didn't have a plan in place? It doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make sense even for kids that are 15 or 20 in any world doesn't matter what world you're
0: in. Totally. I I agree with what you're saying. And you know what? These are the conversations we have as parents, like growing up, like our kids are growing into this. We, we think about that. We have that conversation. And um, I just invite your listeners to connect with you and connect with your app and at least start those conversations of exactly like you're saying, what can this look like? I know Alberta recently had some laws adjusted. Truthfully, I don't know what they are. just have the peripheral of the conversation around um, inheritance. Right. For that exact reason is that all of Sydney, pro- her programs would get taken away if she received money. Yes. A- and then, then life is okay. So all her people are gone and now all her people are gone. Right. Right. So I love what you're saying. I really encourage your listeners to take advantage of these conversations and um, search beyond what you think. Because, like you said, if somebody else is making the decisions, they don't know your person. And they're going to make decisions that are based on a general idea. And like we started this conversation, the languaging, the way we see people is a mass approach. And those decisions are going to be made, not from what's best interest of your person, but what's the best interest of keeping... Or your family. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, right, if you don't identify that your family's allowed to apply for guardianship and somebody's whoever's running the show at the time decides families aren't are are not right? right i just i really appreciate what you're saying i think it's so valuable for people to be in the conversation of what could it look like and what should it look like
1: i think um perhaps next month or in the month after that whichever um, we could have another conversation around more because um, I don't want to put too much out there for people to think about, but I think talking about those two or three things gets people started in their thought process and the importance of thinking about it and, and thinking, well, what do I want? What 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 would I want Sydney to want? What would I want Sydney
0: what would she want? I love that. I think, you know, you're so accurate. There's these kind of conversations go on for a long time. And I'm always like happy to come back and be in them with you. I, I really love what you just said. And I think that would be a great space to invite people from my perspective, just based on this conversation, what I've identified in myself, even. Um, I definitely think that you know, people listening write down at the top of a page, what do I think that, like, what do I think Sydney would want? Mm-hmm. And then what do I think is important for her? Uh, and then for me, really it, in this conversation was recognizing the places that I allowed my fear of what could go wrong to prevent me mm-hmm. from even making the decision, right? Just start being in the conversation with the people around you uh, about what am I afraid of? What's possible? Um, I am going to go and like explore your app for sure and recommend that, you know, people around me start doing that. Uh, you know, just inviting people to connect with you because even in this conversation, you've drawn out so much in me that I I didn't know I needed to be thinking about in a different way.
1: I think we could create a watch party, you know, with our, you know, whether we start off with five or six people and, and, and then we could meet up every month and say, you know, what did you accomplish this month? What did you have trouble with this month? What did blocked you from making those decisions and, and realize that we all have the fears. doesn't matter what family situation we're in. We all have them. I love and it. It blocks us. It, it really truly blocks um, moving ahead and making those final solutions or finding a solution.
0: Yeah. I love that. And, you know, see uniqueness is just really we're in the conversation of this consciousness all the time. So what a great idea. But I'd like really to create these little like conversations of it's safe to say what you're actually afraid of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, out there to the group and and they'll probably say yeah me too and me too and me too <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah for sure
1: no that sounds that sounds awesome and I, I appreciate you so much we've talked about you know probably a lot for people to you know take in for this session anyways and I know we're going to have a lot more of them and I really think we should have a watch party and and have a have a real fun time of a group of people with the same kind of likes and and situations. And if any listeners out there want to become part of this party, we can um, put the link down below as well as in our Facebook group. So please join, like, and share, and subscribe to uh, your backup plan. And um, if you have any suggestions that you would like to see differently or added to, but I know, Laurie, that will definitely be in next month's uh, we'll continue our conversation and add to it because there's more steps to this planning, you know, it doesn't just stop there. Um, For sure. And, and difficulties. It might be money. But, you know, I always look at it like this. There's always a solution. And if you need um, a solution to fit somewhere you find I I truly believe that. So we'll, we'll find solutions, whether it's through me or through our group or, or, um, you know, it could be an aunt or an uncle that you were seeing something happen. Um, and
0: it might awaken you to, to get going on your own plan. Well, I love the way that you, you see the world. And I love that you bring such heart and intuition into this and, um, Yeah. You know, I just really encourage everybody to check out your backup plan and yeah, let's be in that conversation because so fun. I, I, you know, to hear what other people are thinking and feeling and thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to share from our perspective, my perspective, this unique way that our life unfolds.
1: Yes. Especially during this time. Really important. Well, I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll be doing a lot more together. I can see that in the future. and really appreciate your words of wisdom in your own life and your journey that you've had, and I know you can help other people. So. so we'll be talking more. Thank you. Thanks so much. Say hi to Sydney. She can. not sure will. not here, but say hi to us and, and uh, that we'll be talking again soon.
0: All right, thank you.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks again. Thanks everybody for coming. I'll talk to everyone soon. I know, um, I hope that you can like, share, and subscribe to our channels Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and our weekly podcast. Thank you again for coming out and uh, appreciate all our listeners and all our likes and subscribes to get it out there to people to hear our support our fears, our desires, and our solutions. So thanks again for coming, and thanks, Laurie, for for being here today. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye.